My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview those who are early on in their careers. We discuss their successes and accomplishments, their advice, and where they're headed on their career paths. With me today is Hannah Brown. Hannah graduated from Brandeis University in 2019 with a double major in economics and international and global studies. She is currently pursuing a master's degree in international economics and finance at the Brandeis International Business School with a concentration in applied economic analysis. Hannah has experience as a reporter, editor-in-chief, writer, project manager, and most recently a research assistant at the Applied Economics Clinic, a nonprofit consulting organization. Hannah was extremely involved in student government during her undergraduate career and served a term as president of the student union. Before we dive into the episode, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Virtual Coffee Podcast. Now, let's dive into the episode. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So let's get right into it. Based on your vast experience in local government and global relations, it really seems that you knew you wanted to be involved in a career that pertains to those industries and social justice causes from perhaps a young age. So my question is, one, is that true? And two, what experiences, people, and other resources in high school or even earlier inspired you to head in that direction? I don't know if vast is the right word, but I I think you are right. I do have a really strong interest in government, uh, local and international issues. I would just say that I kind of grew up a little bit different just because of my identity. So I grew up Jewish in a town where there weren't a lot of Jewish people uh, in Longview, Texas. Love my hometown, though. And just kind of being different made me more sensitive to the world around me and the differences that people had and the different experiences people had. Inequality has always really kind of got to me and kind of got to my heart and made me think about how can I make the world a better place. So I got really interested in volunteering, but I found that government and politics and structural change was really the way that you make the biggest impact. So that's where I found my way into this, um, being interested in issues like this. And I guess a story would be that when I was in high school, I had a friend, a friend of mine now, who is named Farah. She came from Syria as a refugee and just seeing her experience and just seeing how resilient she was and watching the difficulties she faced Uh, within the United States and policy made me think that, you know, there is room for improvement here and this is something that should be important. And I have lobbied on refugee issues before, and it's just really important to be involved in, in the political process. I love how your passion for equality and government comes from a very personal perspective. I think that's a great driver. And what are some of those experiences, perhaps in high school that you had with local government? Can you dive more into that? Honestly, I got most involved in local in in government in college, but I worked on the the mayor's campaign my senior year of of high school, just doing youth outreach. And he's still the mayor doing a great job handling the COVID-19 response, Mayor Mack. So that's kind of where I first got started in local government in high school. But most of what I did in high school was community service. And any so I did the International Baccalaureate IB program. And so we had to get CAS hours or community service hours. And 
I just found that I really loved getting to go out and meet different people and different organizations uh, just around my community. Did did way more cast hours than I needed to just because I really enjoyed it. Going to, you know, local farmers markets, helping with different fundraisers, going to, you know, local um, homeless shelters, soup kitchens, and just kind of being out there in the community, learning, mm-hmm. helping people. Loved it a lot. Do you have recommendations for anyone who might be interested in getting involved in community service? I could see that perhaps maybe being overwhelming of, oh, do I even have enough time to serve my community? I'm not sure what I'm passionate about. Um, How did, what helped you lead you to the right community service program or even balancing those hours? It's a good question. To be honest, I... I don't know. I have such a broad interest that I never felt the need that I needed to find that one thing that fit for me, that it was just, you know, the more experiences, the better. And if I liked something, yeah, I could keep doing it. If I didn't find that I liked the organization or um, whatever was happening, I just, you know, didn't come back. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. yeah, just my advice is just to try new things. Don't be afraid to say yes. Um, That might be a small problem of mine is that I love to say yes and don't really like to say no. Um, but that's been kind of good, in, at least for community service and a lot of experiences. Uh, and I forgot to say that I did student government in high school, too. So, oops. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> ton ton of experience. It's amazing. And I totally agree to just say yes or, or at least consider the opportunity because you never know where that might lead you. And like you were saying, you don't have to stick with something for 10 years if you hate it, try it out for a few months, and then if it's not working out, move on to something else. Yeah, you you can say yes initially, but if you don't love it, it's okay if you back away from things. Exactly. Now, you mentioned your involvement in student government both in high school and at college. So specifically your experience and involvement at Brandeis. I would love to know more about your time as president of the student union at Brandeis what was your biggest learning from that experience that has really stayed with you? Oh, wow. A lot. Um, <laughs> so I did student government at Brandeis all four years, and the presidency was definitely the biggest learning opportunity just because it's a lot of pressure and you're exposed to a lot of people and get to know what a lot of people want, what people think is going well, what's not going well, and about how you can most be effective. Uh, and I just came away with two huge life lessons from that year. One is always try to be the bigger person. So if there's any sort of opportunity where you could stoop, take the easy way out, it's just it will always pay off more to try to be the bigger person. Uh, and that was amazing advice I got from Emma Russell, who you also know. She just always kind of guided me in that direction. And it was mm-hmm. just that was so helpful. Uh, And the other thing is just to be humble and to listen to people. Don't try to put your own opinion in first. Definitely hear people out and try to help people before you disagree, before you try to, you know, insert your own solution. Those are my two biggest lessons. When things got tough, as I'm sure they did in that experience, (laughs) what was your best practice for, I don't know if venting is the right word, but just kind of getting that frustration out so you could continue to be the bigger person and be humble. Yeah, so there were lots of trying experiences over that year. I was really fortunate to have a great support system, not only with my friends, but in the student government itself. So I really loved a lot of the people that were in student government, you know, really respected their opinions a lot, Uh, especially my executive board. Just I 
kind of did a uh, resume, like, you know, you apply, you submit your resume, and it's, like, merit-based. Didn't kind of do any sort of favoring and who got those positions. And they just ended up being the best kind of people. Um, and when things got tough, you know, I we would either all come to my my little suite and people would just come by and we'd just talk. We'd talk through the issues. We'd vent a little bit, but we'd try to be productive in it. Uh, and I also, you know, just, you know, try to have fun, take my mind's off, mind off of things, kind of try to separate, mm. you know, my life from the difficult issues. I think that's a very important statement to separate yourself or perhaps your your life even with the issues you're facing because while those issues are very important there are many other aspects of your life that are still going on and are still very positive so how can you understand that you're frustrated and vent because that's also important but be productive (laughs) like you were saying during that time I think that's a tricky balance but a very important balance yeah, and also just kind of taking a few step backs back when things are getting tough and thinking like this isn't this isn't my life, you know, this isn't the right. end of the world. This is important to a certain amount of people, or at least for some issues. Some issues were quite large and you kind of have to think about those in a bigger picture, but for some you just take a step back, you think, you know, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. Try to put everything in into perspective instead of going down that rabbit hole which can be very bad and very unproductive. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Learned that from experience. (laughs) Yes. So we already discussed your involvement in student government, but also at Brandeis, you were involved other than that through a sorority and many other clubs and activities. I'd love to know how you balanced classes, work, volunteering, and also having fun. Oh, yeah. Great question. Um... (laughs) I think that's that kind of issue of being too busy and trying to balance has kind of been issue I've been working on, oh my goodness, since middle school maybe. Just that I love, I, as I said yet earlier, I like I love to say yes, and I tend to stick with it if I really enjoy it. And I've been fortunate to enjoy a lot of different things. And so that makes things hard to balance sometimes. But I think learning to say no, learning when you have to say, like, I cannot do this. If I do this, like other things, the quality of my other work or my own well-being will go down. That's That's been a, a challenge, but something I've been working on. Uh, and as far as balancing, I really love my <laughs> Google Calendar. <laughs> just would, I would forget everything if I didn't have it written down somewhere or, you know, have it in my calendar. But I really love, I have different organizational techniques, so I, like, always have the sticky notes on my laptop of like things that need to get done. So I've got a long term and a short term and then I've got my Google calendar. It kind (laughs) of, it developed quite a, quite a system, but you know, (laughs) it worked. (laughs) Fun, I would say like fun. That's something you really have to learn to prioritize if you kind of turn into a person that always says yes. Or I think senior year, especially, I realized that, you know, if I'm going to be doing something that's so challenging, then I need I need to have fun. So mm-hmm. that kind of became a priority. I love your your organization techniques. And I completely agree. I would forget absolutely every single task if I did not write it down. I don't yeah. understand how people can keep a calendar in their heads. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if it's not in there, I might forget. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So those those techniques, whether it's uh, learning to say no and understanding if you're saying no, you know, those filters of will this impact my quality of work or my well-being and your Google calendar, the sticky notes on your laptop. (laughs) Did you did you learn those techniques 
on your own just through trial and error or were there books or online resources that helped you get to those techniques? You know, I think I just found the sticky notes application <laughs> by chance and said like, oh, this could be useful and kind of did that. But I think I think I learned the Google Calendar just from seeing people that were older than me and busier than me and seeing that they manage their time with that and thought like, oh my goodness, I need this. And I know some people have planners and organizers, but that just never worked for me because it's just one thing. And if it's not like all around me and in my face, (laughs) kind of, kind of hard to keep track of things, but I think it's just depends. No, I didn't really, I guess I kind of came to most of those from experience mm-hmm. than reading something, but I'm sure I've read things and just totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love organization techniques and I agree. I need my online calendar, not a physical one, because if I forget it at home or, or at work or something, I, I need that right. sync up it's of there. technology. <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to turn to your master's degree. So would love to just learn more about your decision to pursue that degree. And also for those who may not know, can you tell us what opportunities you're hoping your master's degree will open up for you or already has opened up for you? Sure. So I'm doing the accelerated, so a one-year program at the Brandeis International Business School, an accelerated International Economics and Finance with a concentration in Applied Economic Analysis. (laughs) That's a mouthful. I got into the five-year program at Brandeis and thought, "Mm, maybe this isn't for me. I'm not really sure I want to do it. So I kind of strayed away from that. And actually, uh, my senior year, as I was kind of thinking about my interests, I realized that I really did love economics and it was kind of the direction I wanted to focus on. And I thought, okay, let's, let's consider this again. Uh, And I had looked into some jobs, but I really felt that my quantitative skills weren't quite there for a lot of what was expected of economics positions or research assistants. I didn't have any research experience. And I thought, you know, I can take this year, I can build my quantitative skills, which is something that the program I'm in really, really emphasizes is uh, learning computer languages. I think you you studied computer science, right? (laughs) Yeah. So this is all very new to me. (laughs) Uh, So like R, a little bit of Python, a little bit of SQL, as well as just general kind of economic theory and more quantitative experience. And I thought, this is what I need. This is what I need to be more successful in finding positions. And I went through this program and I've absolutely loved it a lot. It's been fantastic. I think one thing that I really didn't think about as much going into it, I kind of was just focused on the academic and skill building part, is how much I would really love my classmates, especially at Brandeis, the Brandeis International Business School, because it's so international and it's a whole learning experience in itself, having these classmates from all over the world and having these people want to get to know you, want to get to know you know, their subjects and then sharing opinions from these different uh, perspectives, as well as, you know, just making new friends. It's it's been great. And the staff and the professors as well. But in terms of career stuff, uh, yeah, I know COVID-19 has been hard for a lot of people, but I've been actually very fortunate. I kind of started my job search in research assistant, research analyst, kind of analyst, like variations of those kind of positions just because I'm interested in those, and as you might have predicted, in kind of government, uh, nonprofit, think tank, kind of social issue organizations. And I got a lot of support from uh, the Career Center at at the Brandeis IBS. 
So fortunately, actually, so after you asked me about this podcast, I got an offer and accepted an offer. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I received an offer from the Center for Global Development as a research assistant for the president of the center working on his future of development project. I'm very excited, kind of still in disbelief. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Gonna move to DC. Crazy. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. Do you know what your day to day will be like or some of your responsibilities? Is it purely research focused? From my understanding, and I'm starting remotely, which will be interesting Mm. uh, because can't really move (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm. And the office isn't open. But from my understanding is it's kind of a mix of doing research for this project, a lot of literature, a little bit of data work, um, and kind of helping him figure out what direction it's going to take. So is it going to be a series of lectures? Will there be a report? What's the kind of combination of things? And what what is the future of development, which is mm-hmm. fascinating? <laughs> Taking right. a few courses on it and developed a really strong issue. I mean, interest in it on these issues because... I mean, it's just key to, you know, it's it's the whole world and it's the really important issues of poverty, equality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely what I've had this interest in. And the other half or of the project, but of the role is that I'll just be his his RA. So mm-hmm. helping him whenever he has pieces he needs to write, do the research, helping write, revising, helping with speeches, kind of just supporting. So... Yeah, that sounds very exciting. Seems like a great learning experience and opportunity as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, still in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Congratulations again. Thank you. Um, clearly where you're at today isn't your final destination. You have this new role that you'll be starting soon, which is so exciting. Do you have uh, like a 5-year plan or where you want to be in in a few years? Is this job a stepping stone or right now are you very focused on the the current moment so no i don't have a five-year plan i guess i have kind of general goals and ideas which is i guess kind of what i had up to this point i kind of i'm kind of a short-term person well short and long term but like more specific in the short term more general in the long term in what i'm thinking about but right now i'm thinking I'd like to work this people usually work in this position for two to four years and kind of move up or move out just because it's a research assistant role. And I think after two to four years, I'll evaluate and maybe I'll do another work experience or move up. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And I think eventually I'd like to do a Ph.D. maybe before I'm 30. Uh, except I don't know what in yet, which is the thing. Kind of want to work and realize what's out there and what other people have done mm-hmm. before I do that. So that's, I guess, my five to ten year <laughs> plan. After that, I don't know, just kind of following my interests and what's available. What are the tools or resources that have been helping you figure out what's next, whether that's, you know, tomorrow or in one year. I know you mentioned that with your current program and pursuing your master's, your your classes are amazing and you're learning a lot from the textbooks, but your classmates are also helping you learn a lot. So it seems like they're perhaps a resource. Are there any other resources that come to mind? I definitely lean on a lot of different people and resources 
I'd say uh, classmates and friends, just kind of hearing about ex- their experiences, their interests, uh, the internet <laughs> mm-hmm. in general, just Google on advice and positions. Uh, I love Indeed. <laughs> Indeed is good. <laughs> Let me see what else. But yeah, the career office, there's one counselor who I really clicked with. Her name is Jerry and she's amazing. And I just kind of emailed her out of the blue and one day and was just like, I need advice on this. Can you please help me? And she just like, yes, come in. And we just talked to her everything and she's great. She's so great. Family, my mom, mm-hmm. she, but she's always just like, I know you can do it. She's, she's definitely <laughs> so supportive. Yes. Yeah, super grateful. A lot, I, too many people, <laughs> too many resources. It seems like really you've leveraged your network, which is always a wonderful piece of advice for anyone is to network and leverage the people you know. It's it's I'm one of those people that's kind of meh on it because it's mm. great because I love getting to know people, but I don't know. It's kind of an awkward process. I don't know if you agree with that, but yeah, definitely trying to do that in a way that's natural, kind of a hard balance, but yeah. How have you successfully networked in the past? Is it focusing on those around you like classmates? So it's not so much a forced networking environment or yeah. What are your best networking tips and tricks? That's I've been thinking about this a lot. So I'm glad you asked because I think a lot of people or the way that networking is talked about is that, you know, it's just like try networking with someone and maybe they can get you a job or maybe they can direct you to a job. But I don't know. I've had maybe a different experience and maybe that has worked for other people. But what I've really enjoyed is getting to know people and kind of getting to know people organically, my professors, my classmates, Mm -hmm. even people on LinkedIn and just kind of doing it from a learning perspective. And no, I haven't gotten a job from that. Actually, I had a professor that I really connected with and he offered me a research assistant role. And so I guess that kind of counts as networking. But it, you know, it didn't feel like it was like this kind of, um, it didn't feel like pressure or felt like I was networking, you know, per se. It felt mm-hmm. natural. And networking, I think, is better for learning and making those connections and maybe they'll pay off and maybe you'll help them. Maybe they'll help you one day. But in mm-hmm. terms of getting jobs and positions, I've kind of been fortunate that on positions I cold applied to, I had the most luck. I had some luck with uh, positions I, you know, networked in quotes for but you know don't be afraid to cold apply as well even if you don't have any connections there because they do read the applications sometimes (laughs) definitely and yeah I I agree with what you're saying in that I feel sometimes people take networking as okay I need to get 500 people in my network or 500 LinkedIn connections and while that does have some benefits, I think perhaps it's more about getting to know your close network on a much deeper I, level. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with reaching out to other people too. Mm-hmm. Just but just learn, you know, see what they've done. If they're they've done something you're interested in, you don't 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 go expecting a job. That's I think that's kind of a misconception that I formed and was kind of realized that at least from the way I do it, maybe it's not the way that it happens. It's different for everyone, I'm sure, but for me at least, definitely. And I I agree. Networking is much more bigger than pursuing a job. A job's almost a nice outcome of networking that could happen or could not happen but that's not the point yeah I've been I've been thinking about this lately (laughs) (laughs) 
My final question here for you today is what is your proudest accomplishment? Now this can be really big. It can be really small. It can be related to your career or not to your career. It can be from 10 years ago or from yesterday. What is your proudest accomplishment? Yeah, I like how you said either 10 years ago or yesterday. Because uh, I think it just kind of depends on where I am in life. Mm -hmm. If you had asked me senior year, I'd have said, like, getting the presidency. It's like, wow, it's great. But I think right now I'd say, oh, man, making it through this year, mm -hmm. uh, completing the master's degree and somehow, I don't know, magically getting a job right now. Really feeling for people, though, that are, haven't gotten any positions yet just because it's a really tough job market and people that have lost positions. So it's kind of, I don't know, that's an interesting answer. But yeah, feeling really, really grateful right now. That's incredible. And congratulations again on on your job and your master's degree. Two incredible accomplishments in, in uh, one year. Come yeah. <laughs> <Good laughs> on the final. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck on, on that final for sure. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for speaking with me today, Hannah. I know, and our listeners can find you on LinkedIn, right? Of course. Yeah, just my name, Hannah Brown. Yeah, you might find other Hannah Browns out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Brandeis, so that might help. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for speaking with me today. You had some excellent advice, and I loved hearing about your experience and where you're headed on your career path. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Alexa. I really enjoyed this. This has been this has been pretty fun. So thank you. 